Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Naked Unicorn Podcast. I'm Jason Sroden, and today we're talking with Emily Payton, a jack of all trades and a master of some. How are you? <laughs> I'm pretty good. How are you? Oh, you know, quarantining. You know, the standard it's stuff. Real life. Yeah, so I like to give context at the beginning of these interviews. Um, Today is, I believe, April 14th. The days are molding together. Molding? Mending? I don't know. So are words. (laughs) Words. They're so stupid. (laughs) Um, And uh, we are currently, it's 2020, and we are currently um, in the coronavirus pandemic. So I am at my home in New Hampshire, and Emily is in beautiful Atlanta, are you technically in Atlanta or are you in Marietta? I'm in Marietta technically at the moment, but once I go to the office, then I'll be in Atlanta. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Atlanta. So we're Atlanta. doing so we're doing these interviews to uh, you know, somebody pops on your bio page and they can get to know you a little bit. So try not to lie. I know that you have a tendency to do that. So try, try to a hold. pathological liar. Okay. <laughs> I can't not fit. And we, we want to get that right out of the way at the very beginning. Um, okay. <laughs> Emily, what do you do at ECG Productions? I think you hit it in the nail on the head there. Um, mainly I'm an editor and uh, a camera operator. But I like to get involved with a lot of different projects and like to be in the creative. Um, I like to basically do everything but produce. I'm not a producer. That is not my forte. Organizing things and staying on top of everything? <laughs> Actually, like, it's weird because I'm, I myself am a very organized person when I edit. Like, when I work in general, like, all of my stuff is very organized. But I think it's just the... Uh, stress of you're the person that's putting this all together. I'm much, I'm much better at being in the moment and figuring it out in the moment and being a cog in the wheel than I am the person that oversees all of the possible problems that you're going to run into. Yeah. It's, it's a stressful job because you have to be a professional worrier. And it's just really not that fun. (laughs) But some people really just are good. I always tell my wife, I was like, I wish I wasn't so good at producing. Um, cause I really, I, there are so many parts I don't like. Um, where were you born? I was born in Atlanta and I've lived here for most of my life. You've lived in Atlanta your whole life? Most of it. I did live in, um, South Georgia, uh, on an Island for about five years, five, six years. <laughs> what? In my, Are you laughing at me? I just heard in my head it said I lived on a stranded island. I don't know what happened. I lived on a, I lived on a stranded island. <laughs> so I was a pirate for a while. And then um, my boat crashed on this island and I lived there for several years. And that's where I made my first EP, actually. And you met the skipper and Gilligan and Marianne. Mm-hmm. That's actually where my love of film came from, was running into them filming Gilligan's Island. I literally think I'm going a little bit crazy. Okay, okay, okay. What, what, is, your, what is your most impactful childhood memory? Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> Woof. Wow. <laughs> yeah, okay. I don't know. I don't know. I'll probably think of something later. But um, I guess in this context, I remember the first time that I ever got involved with a production of sorts. I was like six years old and I just randomly auditioned for this part and this play. And I remember doing the play and I had one line, but my line was kind of funny. And I remember saying the line 
and people laughing. And I was like, oh, I'm going to, okay, this is, this is interesting. Let's continue to do this. And I think that was like really what kind of set me off in the path of wanting to work in, in production. That's interesting. Um, what's the most dangerous thing you've ever done? Hmm. Jeez. Well, I mean, there's a lot of really dumb things. I've done. <laughs> well, that's the next question. <laughs> Um, I think the most dangerous thing I've done. Yeah. Wow. I don't know. I mean, I've, I've made some questionable decisions about, you know, collaborating with people at like 3am that I don't know, <laughs> and like in the middle of nowhere. I'm like, yeah, that sounds great. I've like, you know, swam with, uh, sharks before I've, I've, I've done a lot of like really reckless things, but like, I've always been fine through it. Well, what's the stupidest thing you've ever done? The stupidest thing I've ever done was hold on to an electric fence, a horse electric fence. Um, my cousins, I'm the youngest of all the cousins. And so, you know, when you're the, the young kid and all the older cousins are like, oh, I bet you won't do it. You have to prove something. So I just like grabbed onto an electric fence at like 12 years old. What happened? I couldn't let go. And that was the first, I didn't even feel the electricity at first. I just like, I was like, my hands aren't moving. And then it was like in my body. And like, I, I think I just like, I literally think I like blew off. Like it just suddenly I was like back away from it. Wow. Yeah. It's pretty dumb. It's pretty dumb. And that is probably, uh, probably the connection to like, you know, my loss of brain functioning power. That's insane. I can't believe that. Why would you do that? Because I was 12 and they were all in high school and I had to prove something, Jay. Oh like, my. what do you mean? <laughs> yeah, that, that is, uh, that's insane. Um, wow. I, that, that's that's why it's hard that, for me to pinpoint the most dangerous thing I've done. I'm like, I don't know. Plus like, what is appropriate for me to say? <laughs> exactly. Um, what is, uh, <laughs> uh yeah, we've had we've had a lot of that too. Um, what's the smartest thing you've ever done? Mm. The smartest thing, I think, probably the smartest thing I ever did was uh, randomly sign up for my radio station in college. I, I was a fresh; it was my freshman orientation, and I didn't know anything about it. Some girl that I met that day that I've never seen since was like, oh, I've heard this is cool. So I was like, yeah, why not? I'll sign up. And that gave me a lot of skills that I use today um, and opened up a lot of doors for, for me in my career. So that random you know, signing up for something just to check it out actually led to something pretty spectacular. Yeah, that uh, there's always those like really big moments where you made that one move that led to everything else. Yeah, absolutely. Um, <clears throat> where'd you go to college? Kennesaw State University. Go Owls! That's the worst mascot ever. I know. I know. <laughs> well, it's like the, our little thing too. You can like put your fingers together and OK symbols and put them on your eyes. It's like it's not threatening at all. <laughs> 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 We're gonna get you. <laughs> You're dead. <laughs> hey, but owls. Hey, owls. Owls will mess you up. Like, don't don't sleep on owls. They have. Oh, I love a raptor. I love a good raptor. <laughs> I love raptors. Okay, where did you go? Where? What did you study? 
I studied um, media communications, and then I was also involved with the Joel A. Katz Music and Business, uh, the MEBIS program, Music Entertainment. Hold on, I gotta figure that acronym. But it's the MEBIS program at Kennesaw State, and it's like music businesses. You can go into different fields, entertainment business or music business. And I kind of went into the music business side, thinking I was going to be uh, like going a, to a manager, like A and R. Yeah, like I, I wanted to work at a like a record label and um, work as an A and R. And I was like, oh well, I guess like that's kind of like evolving or dead, and like I don't know. It's like it's a weird industry right now. So I, I looked into managing. I looked into producing for a while, um, and just kind of went into I guess artist marketing for a while just because yeah. A&R just wasn't going anywhere. Um, you, you, and, and we, I haven't talked about this with any of the other folks, but you have a band with some of the people at the office, right? I do. Yeah. And so w- what's the band called? What are you guys doing? Uh, when are you going to be rich and famous and take me on a jet? <laughs> you tell me, man, aren't you producing my, aren't you really like thanks for my album? <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> My our band is called uh, Vetno, and it's it's with uh, Alesso and Sebastian as well at the company, and then our good friend Mally, who's worked with us at ECG too before. Um, Vetmo, so we, Vetmo, Vet Vetno, Vetno. Uh, yeah, it, it's an island in the movie Frank where they go and like film their uh, or do their album. Oh, that's and cool. It is, yeah, yeah. Like we is that the one with the guy it? who wears the giant head? Yes, 100%. Is that a good movie? It's a yeah, I I thought it was great, but it's very weird. Like if you if you would like it, it's a very weird movie and then the payoff at the end is actually very nice and satisfying. So, um but it's very weird. If you don't like obscure artsy things, you probably will be turned off by it. But the best way um I can describe it, it's it's a movie about making music and it's told very well in like through the band process. Um, but yeah, we watched that and then started jamming a couple times, uh, and then just like I don't know, kind of grew from there. And that's as far awesome. As the rich and famous part, we'll <laughs> yeah. get there. The quarantine has definitely put a hold on things. Um, Ugh, excuses. Yeah. Shouldn't you guys oh. be like on, in a Zoom room, like playing and jamming and making stuff up? Isn't this the you know, perfect time to write music? I feel like you know. Computer speakers can only give you so much quality. <laughs> Sounds like an excuse to me. <laughs> lazy, lazy. You All know, right, if you, you know re- if you really wanted it, Emily, you would be working <laughs> oh. through this. What do you think other artists are doing right now? I mean, I've been watching Wiz Khalifa smoke weed for days now. He's really connecting with his audience and making new music. Nice, nice. <laughs> well, I'm glad he's getting inspiration. Maybe I should follow suit. Um, um, so... How did you end up at ECG? Uh, I went to a Christmas party um, and met you. And <laughs> that was that. We had a conversation and I basically, I remember going to you um, after getting my first project and it was assembling something for Kelsey. And I remember going to you and being like, hey, like I don't want to overstep, but like, I can do more than just assembling if you need me to. And I've like, that was probably the thing that started me just coming into ECG all the time. Like literally, I think I just started coming Monday through Friday, just sitting at a chair and working. 
Yeah, I remember. I remember being really impressed with you when you broke all those neons. Whoa! Okay, first of all, that was not me. My life was centered around those neons. I remember when I broke. I seriously, I was like, "No, I worked all day to keep these." Yeah, we were work. We were doing a music video for an artist, and the background had all these old neon signs, and they were real neon, and they were also real fragile. And getting them to hang right took like Emily, me, and three other people all day. And then, and then the best the, one like broke the last, yeah, the once last, we had it like finally it hung. Oh, and then it was like we three hundred dollars. I remember everyone looking down and being like, oh, there's glass on the ground, but like no one paid attention. And then all of a sudden we were like, oh, well, it happens. It was fun. But I, but I, at that point I was like, man, she's cool and she's a really hard worker. And then as we got to know each other, you know, our families are both kind of a little wacky. Uh, mm-hmm. so, so we had a lot in common there. Um, what, do you, what, do you, <laughs> what do you like most about ECG Productions? Mm, it's... It really does. It feels like a, a professional playroom. Like it is a a place of business, one hundred percent. And we operate in a way that I'm like my organized professional side of myself really likes. But also, like if I have an idea and I want to try something, I can go to like someone. I can go to Seth. I can go to you. I can go to Jen and just be like, Hey, what if I did this? Like, do you think we could make this happen? And everyone helps each other's creativity kind of blossom there. So yeah. and all of our all of our projects too, like even if they're very simple videos, there's a little bit of us. Like you can always tell there's a little bit of us put in it, which is which is very nice. It feels very authentic. And the people, man, the people like real talk, like everyone at ECG is it feels like a little family. Yep. I, I it's that's been a very common thread through all these conversations and everybody's like, I know it's cliche and that everybody says it, but like we're like a family and it's like, it's it, true though. It is. No, it's, it, it's so cliche, but we are awesome. <laughs> right. right. It, and it's a family where you like, you have, you know, people who aren't necessarily like you, but you have like a really solid relationship and you genuinely care about their well being, even though they're mm-hmm. not who you would typically hang out with all the time. Right. Totally. There's, there's always those kinds of just different personalities coming together with one common goal is really, really cool. And I just love everybody there. That's why like during this time we're like, we cannot let anybody go. We have to figure out a way to keep everybody on because we were on a roll and we're not going to let this pandemic Nope. Take us down. We are going to yeah. we are going to thrive and strive at for greatness right now because that's the only option we have because I do not want to restart when we've built for twelve years. That sounds fucking horrible. Um, no, and there's so many like we all offer like little things, different different flavors and different um, aesthetics and genres. I would say we bring to the table, and so the the product usually becomes very much like a melting pot and it is able to reach like a broader audience that way, I think, which I mean, it just helps the variety of projects we work on. um, helps keep things interesting. Definitely. When you think about the ECG experience, um, we talk about it a lot, but from a, not only a client perspective, but experience of employees and experience of vendors. Um, how would you, how would you explain the ECG experience to people? 
Hmm. I just, I mean, like, not to be redundant, but it's very people-centric. Like, we're very personal. We want you to, um, you know, feel comfortable when you come in. Uh, you know, we'll offer you a glass of scotch and, you know, some little snacks. And you just kind of give you a little tour of, what's, of what we're doing. And then when it comes time for us to start working, we work. And we want you to feel completely confident in us while we're working um, that you're going to get the, the product that you, that you want. Absolutely. What are your favorite ty- types of projects? Uh, well, I love, I love working on like the, the more like urban hip hop kind of fashion lifestyle kind of things. Um, documentaries for sure. I'm a big documentary fan. Recently we've been able to do some interesting things with the 360 cameras and it's just been really fun to see what we can do with those. Um, and the technology has grown exponentially in the past like six months. So just exploring all of that has been a lot of fun. Anything with a weird lens, like a probe lens, anything that's obscure. That's, I love <laughs> right. those kind of things. Have you ever used a tilt shift lens? Yes. Oh, yeah. And how it <laughs> makes everything look like toys. Yeah. Cool. Well, yeah, and you can and you can like distort it like by moving this little uh, lever um, inside of it. So like you could be looking at the image and then it tilts and just kind of. It's really cool. Check. You should look at. I think you guys would really enjoy it. Um, I have to rent them. Yeah, they're cool. Um, what's your biggest pet peeve? Mm. Uh, it's it's dumb. It's not dumb. I'm sure everyone has this, but just like not being listened to or not being heard. Like I feel like I'm trying to put something out there, say something, and it's you know people have other things on their mind or whatever they have everyone's brain's moving a million miles an hour. Sometimes it's very difficult to get your piece out there. So that's my biggest pet peeve. I would say is just be like, Oh, I just said that or something like that. You know? Right. Yeah. I mean, it's very easy to get steamrolled. Um, uh, absolutely. Which is why I was like, it's kind of stereotypical. Like everyone feels this way. Well, I don't know if it's stereotypical. I think it's like, you know, at one of my other companies, we have a saying like, if you get steamrolled, it's your fault. And mm-hmm. I think that that's something people have to like step up and, and it's hard because when you have so many strong opinionated creative voices, sometimes it can be really, really hard, especially when you got totally. like somebody like me who will just like <laughs> interrupt anything at any time, just because I got to get You're it like, out of I my head. <laughs> yes. I got to get yeah. it out. Uh, but you know, you know, having talked to everybody about, about that, <laughs> like it's definitely something I want to work on because it seems to be everybody's pet peeve. And I got to know that Cam's pet peeve was like people not replying in Slack. And I was like, motherfucker, are you talking about me? <laughs> and he was like, he was like, no, 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 no. I know to text you. Uh, Slack just becomes overwhelming. Um, what's your biggest fear? Um, being a having people think that I'm a joke, but not telling me just letting me kind of be like, Oh, she's just doing Emily's just doing it. She's just doing what she does kind of thing. <laughs> like if I'm not doing something correctly or if you think right. you can give me a pointer, I'd rather you come to me than just be like, Oh, they're like, let her be. That, that would be my, that would be my biggest fear. And, and, and I guess that would go along with kind of the imposter syndrome. Are you worried oh. about, uh, about that? Like being an imposter? Oh yeah. I definitely, I like the imposter syndrome was something I didn't know about until like last year. I had never heard that term before. And I was like, Oh, this explains so much. Like, <laughs> it's yeah. very common. 
It's well, I, I noticed it earlier when you said that you were a camera operator. I'm like, motherfucker, you're a DP. Like you, uh, see, you, I did, you, I did. you DP stuff. And I was I like, do, well, I'm not going to call it out now, but I mean, why are you telling people you're just a camera, not just a camera I am operator. a director of photography. Yes, that does happen. I also first say, I do, I like to say I do camera support. Like it's a lot of like, whatever you need me to do. I've done, I've done a couple different positions and, um, I do love shooting. I think my, my favorite is definitely director of photography or camera operating. Yeah. I, Man, I used to, it used to be my favorite thing too. And then I shot reality shows for like eight hours a day early in my <laughs> career. And I was like, you know, fuck this. Cause your back yeah. just kills you after all Running that stuff. Running around shoulder rig or something. Oh yeah. my God. And back then the cameras were heavier back in 1992. <laughs> Oh my God, that no. was before I was born. <laughs> no, I, I was using those cameras in like 2000. But the first camera I ever did was a Beta Max. And it was literally the size of like, you know, my computer monitor in my office, like 32 inches long and weighed oh like 30 pounds. And Ooh. yeah, it was horrible. It was so uncomfortable. Nowadays, they have those rigs that. that hang over your shoulder. Like, I forget what they're called. Yeah, they just right? kind of take all the weight yes. off of you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, fuck. I've definitely had those shoots where I have that shoulder rig on for like eight hours. And in the moment, you don't really feel it because you're just going, your adrenaline's pumping. And then you take it off for the first time and you're like, oh my gosh. And then you're just, you're beat up for the rest of the week. Right. And then it's like, you got to do the same thing the, the next day. Yeah, exactly. Oh my God. Um, okay. So this is my, my last question for you. What okay. is the thing you are most excited about for future Emily Payton? Hmm. I'm very excited about getting more involved with, um, nature photography and video work. I I'm trying to do some underwater videography and kind of work in that realm a little bit. Um, so testing my limits and, and getting involved with that is something I'm very, look, very much looking forward to. It's going to be a bit of a, a, a feat for me. I'll need to get scuba certified and kind of like learn a little bit of free diving because the bubbles get in the way of photography sometimes. And like, you know, you have to like, there's different techniques that I'm going to need to learn. Um, but that's all super exciting for me. And I'm, I'm very much looking forward to that. Yeah. And, um, you know, just thinking about that, that maybe I should try that too, because then you don't have to actually lift the camera. It just kind of floats along with you. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. The shoulder rig is much lighter at that point. <laughs> it's really cool. Well, Emily, we are so lucky to have you. You've been such an amazing force on our team and, um, we just adore you and are so thankful for your work. And if you want to get in touch with Emily, follow her on Instagram. Emily, can you give us your IG handle and your ECG address? Yes. My IG handle is Miss Page. Um, add me. Uh, I love to interact. And uh, my you can email me at Emily at ECGprod.com. Emily, thanks a lot. Uh, to everybody who's listening, we appreciate it. On behalf of ECG Productions and the Naked Unicorn Podcast, I'm Jason Sorotin, and we'll see you next time. Bye.